You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. In motion, Hardy into the backfield. Snap, Allen's going to throw for it. Off his back foot to the end zone. Try to one-handed grab, and it's knocked away. Nate Hobbs and Trayvon Merrick were with Dawson Knox at the goal line. They would not let him get away. It was a high pass. Allen's first incompletion is a Raiders fourth down stop. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. Q. And here we go, Raider Nation, on this Thursday. Week number three in the NFL season is going to get underway a little bit later on this evening. And, of course, week three action for the Raiders will be Sunday night in prime time. Steelers coming to town at Allegiant Stadium. Excited for that. Uh, Right there in the open, you heard Jason Horowitz on the call. That was a big fourth down stop for the Raiders against the Bills. Thought they were going to have an opportunity to maybe go down the length of the field and make something happen and really capitalize off that stop. But it was not to be done. But, uh, really, I think more importantly – the sound that you heard under the highlights, man, do you remember? Let me ask you this, Ari, and I don't know, and, and you probably do. I'm sure I know there's a method to the madness. It's not like you just all of a sudden decided that you were going to run with that because you just decided to run with that. Oh, Was yeah. I singing that yesterday? Did you hear me talking about that? What 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 made you play that music under that highlight? It just, is just because I want to know. That beautiful day, September 21st. Okay, all right, all right. No, I got you. I didn't know if that was if that was where you were going or we were talking about it yesterday or singing it cuz I was it's funny. I was I was it? singing it last night and I was wondering. I was like, "What, man? Why is it stuck in my head?" And then it there you go. So now, okay. You know how when the self when you're talking to yourself and you're like, "Ah, oh, I love a sandwich." And then all of a sudden an ad comes up for a sandwich. It was like <laughs> right. that. Yes. I'm all in your head. There you go. There you go. The, the, the voices are, are around me. But a great job on that intro right there. It is September 21st. Fantastic job, my man Ari in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio holding it down for the next three hours. And, man, we have got a loaded show for you today, this afternoon. So excited about uh, who and what we're going to talk about and who we're going to bring to the table on the show. Starting us off during the opening drive, about 2.10, Mike Golick Sr., representing Westwood One and DraftKings. He'll be joining the show, and he's going to be on the call. He'll be on the call for Westwood One for the Sunday night game, Raiders and Steelers. So we'll talk about just the significance of playing on Sunday night. That's a special thing, man. Primetime action, that's a big deal. We'll talk about that. Obviously, he played on Sunday night football in his time in the NFL. Uh, you know, just kind of talk about even how he grew up a little something-something. So it, we'll, we'll have a, a lot of fun with Golick. It's great when he's able to join the show. And, of course, we'll get down to business when you talk about the Raiders and Steelers both coming into this game one and one. And really, two teams, in my opinion, that are trying to find themselves – their identity offensively. I mean, the Raiders scored 17 points and 10 points. You're not going to win a whole lot of games in 2023 by scoring 17 and 10 points. It's just not going to happen unless you have the top flight of all top flight defenses, and we know the Silver and Black do not have that. So uh, we'll talk all things Raiders and Steelers with Mike Golick Sr. kicking out the opening drive around 210 here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Uh, Mark Bergen. Believe in the Steelers podcast. He'll join us to give us another update on the Pittsburgh Steelers and just deep dive in them, what's going on with their defense, their run defense, and what's going on with their offense. Because so far, it has not got underway. Uh, you know, we talked to Brooke Pryor from ESPN yesterday, and she gave us a little bit of a preview. But now we're one day removed from that. We're one day closer to the game. So we'll talk to Mark Bergen, uh, Believe in the Steelers podcast, coming up. At 3 o'clock, we'll talk all things Pittsburgh Steelers, kind of focus our attention on them. And, you know, just, again, we're starting to try to get as much information and as much details as possible uh, to how the Raiders could win this game 
on Sunday. And I'll tell you right now, I feel pretty good about their chances to win this game, but it's not about how I feel. It's not about how Ari feels. It's not about how you feel, Raider Nation. It's about how those guys in the locker room feel, how they're going to come out and attack this game after getting you know beat the way that they did on Sunday by the Buffalo Bills. It's not about that loss. It's about the response. How do you respond after a loss like that? You cannot allow something like that that you saw on Sunday beat you twice. Do never, ever, ever let one bad loss beat you twice. So uh, we'll talk to Mark Bergen, uh, all things Steelers, coming up at 3 o'clock. You're talking about not letting one loss beat you twice. Lincoln Kennedy, he joins us each Tuesday and Thursday at 3.30. Uh, on Tuesdays, we, we review the game that just passed by, and then on Thursdays, we preview the upcoming game. So again, continuing to turn our attention to the next game. We'll preview this upcoming game with the Pittsburgh Steelers with Lincoln Kennedy coming up at 3.30. Excited to talk to him as well. And then right now at the Intermountain Health Performance Center, uh, Vinny Bonsignor is there. He's observing practice. Actually, practice is getting wrapped up. He's actually going to be in the locker room pretty soon. So we're going to actually have Vinny join us at 4. Normally, he joins us on Thursdays around 2.30. But since there's open locker room, he's got to go in there and do his business and uh, you know try to, try to get to talk to as many players as possible, get some information so he can write his stories. Plus, again, get as much information as possible. So Vinny Bonsignor from the RJ and, of course, Raider Nation Radio 920, the morning tailgate with Clay Baker and Lindsey Brown will join us at 4 o'clock. So as you can tell, we have a loaded show for you. Mike Golick Sr. in a couple of minutes. Mark Bergen from Believe in the Steelers at 3. Lincoln Kennedy at 3.30. Vinny Bonsignor at 4 o'clock. Plus around 4.30, we'll have our NFL week picks uh, and for week number three, our week three number uh, picks for the NFL. And uh, Ari, how did we do in week two? Because uh, I'm still protesting week one. I think that you did something. I, I just got to go back and review the tape. But how do we do in week two? Oh, you really want to know as if I didn't tell you just before the show. I mean, I just want you to share with the people. I just want to know the details. Yes. I just want you to share with the people. Hey, everyone in the world, Q1, he beat me. That's all that matters. Nah, it you is. Did, you did fantastic. Uh, 12 and 3, was it? Did I do the math? Yes. There you were you 12 and 3. And uh, participation trophy, I got myself a little uh, 11 and 4. So There you go. Not bad. This but week, what we're going to do. No, this week, Still what lost. we're going to do, I'm going to, because I think that you're just trying to ride my coattails, right? I think that no. you're trying to get the intel from me, and then you're just deciding that, yeah, I'll, I'll go with what Q's doing. So this week, what we're going to do is you're going to pick first once. Good. I'm going to pick first once. Then you're going to pick. Then, you know what I mean? Like, we're going to go back and forth. I'm going to make, I'm going I'm to test your skills this week. You're going to ride my coattails this no, week. No, 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 no. Like I said, we're both going to, we'll rotate going first. Like, I'll pick a game. For example, tonight's game, the, four, uh, the Giants at the San Francisco. Francisco 49ers playing in Santa Clara. So uh, I'll let you pick first, and then I'll pick. And then we'll switch it up. We'll go to Tennessee at Cleveland. Then I'll pick first, and then uh-huh. you pick. We'll just switch it up back and forth. So, you know, so there's no shenanigans at the end of the day. I think you're getting a little close to your boy. You know what I'm uh-huh. saying? Uh-huh. Yeah, because <laughs> I was really going to pick the Giants for some reason, but now that you brought that out. I'm I might change saying, my mind. You might, you might change. Mm-hmm. You might decide to go with the Giants. I might decide to go with the Giants. You You're don't crazy. Know. I, I will say <laughs> this: <laughs> I picked the Raiders. You ain't lying. You're not I, lying. I, I took a chance on the Raiders last week. I did not ride your coattails on that one. So I, I, I yeah, I, I can I, lose look, all by myself. I'll tell you this: I thought it was going to be close, though. So yeah, I mean, man, I remember I kept saying, "Oh, it's going to be like a three-point game, four-point game." I was, I was not even close on that. So I mean, that's damn near just as good as an L. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> right? thanks a lot, so, Q, for that so, great yeah, intel. Yeah, my bad, my bad. But that's anyway. We'll have that coming up around 4.30. So Mike yes, Golick Sr. in a few minutes. Mark Bergen for Believe in the Steelers at 3. Lincoln Kennedy at 3.30. Vinny Bossignor at 4 o'clock. Want to throw the question out there before we do get Mike Golick Sr. I'd like to come to the show with the topic. You can always hit us up on the dopeybroke.com text line at 69187 keyword r And when we don't have a guest, love, love for you to chime in on the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. Want to talk about the rookie Tyree Wilson. How long do you believe Tyree Wilson is going to take before he makes an impact 
on this Raiders defense. He's really kind of been thrown into the fire probably a little sooner than the Raiders wanted them to uh, just because they assumed that they were going to have Chandler Jones as a bookend across from Max Crosby, and we know that that hasn't shook out like that. He's now on the non-football illness list, and who knows when he'll come off of that, but uh, he's obviously not going to be playing anytime soon. So now a lot of pressure is on Tyree Wilson. So I asked you, Raider Nation, you've seen him in a couple of games so far, a handful of snaps. Uh, how long do you believe it's going to take for Tyree Wilson to make an impact on this Raiders defense? What do you feel is a reasonable amount of time that the rookie should need? Right? I mean, again, because I don't expect him. Some people thought he was going to come in and get 10 to 12 sacks. I didn't expect that. I expect maybe for the season, four, five, and I think that that would be probably good production for him. But at some point, they're going to need him to put up and, and, and help out and contribute because as we saw last week against Buffalo, they've got to have someone as a bookend. If they take away Max Crosby, somebody has got to be just – they've got to be foaming at the mouth to be ready to go out there and attack. Right, they've got to know that okay, everyone is on that dude. I'm about to eat, and and that's just what it's got to be. They've got to have that mindset, and so a lot of it's going to be on him. Lincoln says it all the time. He told me on the pregame show during the preseason, I believe it was against the Cowboys when Tyree was about to make his debut. Q, they drafted him in the top ten. There's no such thing as bringing him along slowly. He needs to go out there and and, and contribute immediately. That was that was Lincoln's words, not mine. And I understood what he was saying, but I also knew he was coming off an of injury, so I thought, well. I understand that, but they're trying to bring him along slowly. But Lincoln was not in favor of bringing him along slowly. So, again, I throw the question out there, and then we'll get to the opening drive and Mike Golick Sr. How long do you believe Tyree Wilson is going to take to make an impact on this Raiders defense? And what do you think is a reasonable amount of time that the rookie should need? 69187, keyword R&R. Again, 69187, keyword R&R. So, don'tbebroke.com, text sign. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. And helping us kick off the opening drive, as promised, is Mike Golick Sr., representing Westwood One and DraftKings, and he'll be on the call this upcoming Sunday night for Sunday Night Football, Raiders and Steelers. And, Mike, thanks so much for your time. It's always great to catch up with you. Definitely appreciate you. Sunday Night Football, Legion Stadium, you played – how special is Sunday night? Well, I mean, listen, wh- wh- whenever you can kind of get the, the the headline game where everybody is sitting down and just watching your game, it's, because, you know, during the day, if you're watching Red Zone or, you know, something where you're just seeing parts of a game, you can never hone on in. But now you get kind of like Monday night, except when there's two Monday nighters like, like there was last week. But it's kind of like that, too. You get there where all the other players, I remember when I was playing, if I play on Sunday, we'd go out afterward and then always would, would end up somewhere watching, you know, a Monday night game or if there was a Sunday night game back then, you know, we would we would watch it because it's standalone. So there's always something a little more special to it. Yeah, primetime action is great. It's Las Vegas, right? Everyone's going to be watching Steelers, Raiders. It's a historic uh, rivalry right there. Last year it was the 50th year uh, anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. This year, Kenny Stabler's going and his family's going to get his Hall of Fame ring, so that's going to be special. How how special is this rivalry right here, especially going back to the day, Steelers and Raiders? I'll tell you what's so wild about it. I grew up in Cleveland, so unfortunately for me, back then, rooting for Cleveland sports wasn't great. You know, whether it was football or basketball, hell, we had the Cleveland Barons hockey years, you know, decades ago, I should say, but nothing was ever panning out. Uh, very well for Cleveland sports. So 
I usually had to lean on another team, especially around playoff time. And because I was from Cleveland, that, that meant I was inherent in my, my blood that I hated Pittsburgh. <laughs> and I hated the Steelers. So I always loved the Raiders and Steelers matchups. So I became a Raiders fan, you know, Kenny Stabler, you know, uh, reading the playbook by the jukebox light and just the kind of the, the attitude and the personalities of those players. When I was growing up, that was cool. I and mean, I was like, oh, my God, these guys are so cool. <laughs> you know, they're just badass, you know, and, and I love the way they, they play the game kind of like renegades, you know. So to me, it was cool and it was games, you know, always tough games against Pittsburgh, who being from Cleveland, I hated. <laughs> so that's kind of I grew up a big Raiders fan, actually, uh, through the years, especially when, when they played Pittsburgh. Again, we're talking with Mike Golick Sr. here on Raider Nation Radio 920. He's going to be on the call. Steelers, Raiders represent Westwood 1. And both teams might come into this game 1-1. One one. It's early in the season. I mean, with no teams really playing in the preseason, how long does it really take to kind of get a good gauge on who these teams are going to be? you got you got to give it a quarter of a season, right? I mean, even though there are now three preseason games, how much do starters actually play? So it, it actually takes – and I think that's how coaches split it up. They'll split it up by quarters of a season. Now you obviously throw in that extra game with 17 right. games. But I, I think it's after that first four, maybe that fifth, sixth game, you kind of know what you have for the year, barring injuries, of course, um, that you kind of know what direction you're going. And the Raiders are still trying to, you know, to, to, to figure it out, aren't they? I mean – yeah. Uh, with with what they're doing, Renfro barely getting any targets, you know, and it seems odd, you know, Michael Mayer, you know, coming in as, as you know, one of the tight ends, I think as one catch. So it seems even though Garoppolo hasn't been sacked yet by this offensive line, you know, from this offensive line, there really hasn't been that that great gauge of of cohesiveness between between quarterback and receivers you know they would pull out a nice win 17 16 over the broncos who we think may be better than last year but not sure where they are and then you know get drubbed by buffalo uh giving up 38 on the defensive side of the ball so i still think kind of figuring out where they are and who they are but i think a lot of teams i i think really the only team or one of the only teams that came out of the gate and showed you kind of what they are right now and are going to be is San Francisco. Uh, other than that, I think uh, some teams still kind of feeling their way. Pittsburgh being one of them. And then that fourth game, if we talk about quarters, when uh, the Raiders are at the Chargers. Chargers, same way, started out 0-2. So, Really not sure who they are. You know, the Raiders, as you mentioned, kind of struggled offensively out of the gates, uh, 17 points and 10 points. How much of that is the fact that they can't really establish a run game? And we know Josh Jacobs was out all preseason, all training camp with the contract situation. Hasn't got going yet. Well, it's huge. I mean, listen, no no team relies fully on the run. I think the closest to it is probably going to be Tennessee with King Henry and having Ryan Tannehill as your quarterback. You know, not, not one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Other than that, I mean – Cleveland lived on the run with Nick Chubb, but now they, they kind of wanted to shift it over to Sean Watson, who now is playing a full season, and then Chubb gets hurt anyway. Um, it, it's difficult. And and forgetting, I mean, it would be something if you had a little bit of a running game. The Raiders don't have any. I mean, they have nothing. Right. Coming off what Josh Jacobs did last year, you know, where he didn't get that fifth-year option picked up, and he did nothing but prove the Raiders wrong for not doing it, and then couldn't get the long-term deal. I mean, the running back situation has been amazing, but you can see why teams haven't been doing much. You look at the injuries from Chubb to Saquon Barkley to Dave Montgomery to others. 
that the, that this is what teams and ownership and and contract negotiators for these teams are saying. They're like, unfortunately, you guys get hurt. You know, it's a difficult yeah. position to pay a lot of money to. Uh, and Josh coming off that big year, but the running game has not get, gotten going. So if I'm playing defense, I'm pinning my ears back and say, I'm getting after the quarterback. I don't respect the running game to which I even give the old line even more credit for not giving up, you know, uh, any sacks at this point. But to me, it does. It definitely throws off, uh, your, your offensive continuity when you don't have any kind of running game to speak of. Again, we're talking with Mike Golick Sr. here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. What do you see from Jimmy Garoppolo, who all he's really done throughout his course of his career is win? Now, he's had a lot of help running the ball, you know, with the run game and obviously a good defense, but he just seems to be a winner. He, he does. Listen, third highest winning percentage since entering the league in 2014 behind Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. I mean, you take <laughs> that, right? I mean, you hear that from a guy and you take it. Now, very difficult to do alone. You need, you know, the big targets. Mahomes has certainly had them when he especially had Tyree Kill and still has Travis Kelsey. Brady had uh, some, uh, obviously, in, in Tampa Bay when guys wanted to go there, but he had Evans anyway. Uh, so, so you definitely need help. And having Devontae Adams is monster help there. Um, so there are weapons you want to build around Garoppolo, but that's the thing. He's always a guy who got a bad rap that couldn't get you over the top, right? An overthrow in the Super Bowl when he was in San Francisco. Oh, he can't get us there. Mm-hmm. He can't win the big game, but he has a great winning percentage, you know? So it's kind of like, you know, with Kirk Cousins that you can have a good regular season, but you get into the playoffs and you kind of falter. So you, you're waiting for it. At this point, because you have so much sample size, I think there are a lot of people that think Jimmy can't get you over the hump, but Jimmy can get you there. And that's when you need the help of, you know, the rest of the team, especially on the defensive side of the ball, you know, to help out as well. But get that running game going with Josh Jacobs. I'm I'm, I'm a Garoppolo fan. Like I said, the guy just wins. There is something about it. You're just winning. But when you get paid that money and you're the quarterback of an NFL team, you're supposed to be the guy that gets you over the hump, and that's something he hasn't done. Flipping over to the other side of the ball where you play it on the defensive side of things, it's Max Crosby and the rest of the guys, right? Everyone uh, in Raider Nation is waiting for someone else to step up and help out with Max Crosby. But from playing that position and knowing that position, what do you see when you see Mad Max? Oh, my God. I mean, you see 100 miles an hour. I mean, is what you see out of him. Relentless, nonstop, someone who has to be accounted for. And that's – you know, that's when you know you're reaching that that elite status when you have to be accounted for in every play, when it's tough to just take a guy and say, I'm going to block you one-on-one, when you have to be chipped by a back or by a tight end or slide protection your way, you know, that, that when you're getting that kind of uh, attention towards you. But I love his motor. I love a guy's motor. Listen, uh, football is, is 60, 70-some plays a game. Uh, that lasts four to five seconds. And I'm sure there are those out there that are saying, my God, you should be able to go 100% all the time, every play. And it's easier said than done. We all want to do that. That's our goal to do that is to go, you know, a hundred percent every play all the time. And sometimes it happens. Sometimes it doesn't, but there are some guys in the league who you just see the motor never throttles down. And Max is one of those guys. So it's a guy where a lot of times if an old lineman thinks they have someone beat, a lot of times it's probably going to end that way. But with Max, you better hang on. You know, because he's going to relentlessly keep going, spin out of something, go past, circle back around, change direction, and still make himself part of the play. He's just always 
there. And for an offensive lineman, it can be very frustrating. The Raiders drafted Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech, number seven overall. He's coming off the foot injury. He's been, you know, slow to get going so far for the silver and black. Have you been able to see something? I know it's a small sample size, but have you seen anything from Tyree that makes you feel like he's going to be a good player down the line? Oh, yeah. I mean, you definitely see signs of that. But, you know, when you come in and you start to, you know, you begin preseason on the NFI, you know, at the foot after foot surgery had back in in November, that that's tough because it's a different game. Mm-hmm. You know, some guys can jump right into it from college and be great right away. Others have to kind of get a feel for it, especially if you don't get a lot of practice or preseason in of how much faster the game is, how much you better have a, if you're a, an edge guy, how much you better have a, a counter move. If you get away with something in college where you don't have to have a lot of counter moves, then you, you kind of rely on that. All of a sudden, you better have a, co- a counter in the pros. Uh, you better have a quick get off in the pros. Every week, you're getting a really good player. So it takes time. So you see flashes. So what you're hoping for young edge rushers like Tyree is, okay, consistency. Now, hands in the right spot. Are you in the right spot? How quick are you off the ball? Sacks will come. Are you getting pressures? Are you forcing the quarterback to move? And are you doing it on a consistent basis? That's what you look for. It's tough to ask that right out of the gate. And like I said, some can do it, but he came in with kind of, you know, one leg tied behind his back instead of one arm because he had the foot injury going on. So it's like anything else. You need a little bit of time. Mike Golick Sr. is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. You'll hear him on the call. Steelers, Raiders representing Westwood 1. And wanted to flip over and ask you about the Steelers real quick and talking about guys on defense. How about T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith? Those are two special bookends, guys. We saw them both score on Monday Night Football. How special are those two guys? Well, I mean, listen, they, they will – a lot of times, you know, a defense will have a great player and you have to like, – like we're talking about, hone in on Max or mm-hmm. hone in on, on Bosa, Nick Bosa for San Francisco or others that you hone in on. Well, now, you know, the, the, uh, the Steelers have two of those. You know, uh, between those two guys on defense of Highsmith and T.J. Watt, they were wrecking crews uh, last week. I mean, they, they were incredible. So when you get that quick pressure, the one thing you have to make sure of, though, is that you have pressure up the middle. Because what it does give you, if you have really, really fast outside rushers, if the tackles can keep them a little wide, you're going to give your quarterback, in this case, uh, Jimmy G, a chance to step up and move out. And remember, uh, that D-line doesn't have Cam Hayward mm-hmm. uh, in the middle anymore pushing that pocket uh, as he's out for a little bit. So that's, that's the escape path for a quarterback when you have two really uh, quick edge rushers who can get up the field to you quickly is to step up and out. So that that's going to be the interesting part. And again, as I said, this line not giving up any sacks yet, so kudos to them. Uh, but but where is the escape path? Because Jimmy G is going to need it. Th- these rushers are too good to where – Jimmy's just going to have a clean pocket the entire game. He's going to have to move, and that is that is outside of games where these guys are coming underneath on a stunt. If they're rushing on the outside, that's, that's going to be Jimmy's out. It's going to be up and then out. You mentioned Cam Hayward being out with that groin injury. He's going to come back in a few weeks for the Steelers, but they have struggled so far to stop the run. Would you say that that's the biggest reason because Hayward is missing? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, that guy has been an absolute anchor for so long. To have the, the long a career as he has had in the NFL, a 34-year-old to have that kind of effect in the middle of the field with the hits you're taking all the time, uh, without question, 
when you're missing a guy like that, when you're missing a guy like an Aaron Donald, when you're missing a guy like a Chris Jones who was out of that first game uh, for Kansas City, even though that defense did play pretty well without him. But over time, consistently, that's you know that will show up that a guy like that is missing. So between anchoring a run where you're making, if a run is supposed to go between the tackles, making it bounce east and west and giving your the rest of your defenders a chance to close it down or getting a push up the middle. You can talk about the blindside hit on the quarterback all you want. Quarterbacks hate pressure up the middle worse than anything else. Right. Now it's right in their face. Now there's garbage all around their legs and their knees. They hate that and they have no room to step up or step into a throw. So that gets missed when you have a guy like Cam Hayward out of the lineup. Mike Golick Sr. is our guest here at Radio Nation Radio 920 Necessary Ref. Just got a couple more questions for you. Wanted to ask you about the second-year quarterback for the Steelers, Kenny Pickett. What have you seen from him? I know, again, small sample size, but it's year two. What have you seen from Kenny? Well, not, you know, there's there's a, not a lot going on there right now offensively. Mm-hmm. They don't have a running game going. Najee Harris has not really been able to get loose. Outside of a nice uh, route to, uh, to George Pickens uh, last week, Pickett to Pickens, the 71-yard <laughs> score where, where Pickens made a great run after the catch, there really hasn't been a ton. I mean, this is – and this is that year, that, that second year where you're looking for that rookie to progress. He's got games under his belt. You're looking for the next step, and you're not getting it out of that offense uh, much at all. Uh, a lot – there seems to be some consternation. I mean, during the game, when do fans talk about firing a coach? But they were chanting to fire Canada, Matt Canada, right. the offensive coordinator. I mean – that is amazing. And Canada is a guy who had success in a lot of co- different college stops. His first pro job was a quarterback coach for the Steelers in 20. And now he's taken over a coordinator and it just does not seem to be clicking at this point for them. No, it really doesn't. And I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that they're going to get going at some point, but that George Pickens, as you mentioned, is a special dude. Pick at the Pickens. We saw that Monday night. How, uh, what have you seen from him? The wide receiver out of, uh, out of Georgia. Oh, listen, you got him. The young, it's been such a turn where you never saw rookie receivers have this big of an impact right away as we've seen in the last few years. Now these guys come in. You you, you talk to, you know, Wilson, the, the wide receiver from the Jets, yeah. you know, who was the offensive rookie of the year, came in the league and strong right out of the gate. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, I mean, Justin Jefferson. Now these top receivers are coming in. And they're 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 being they're doing an excellent job right out of the gate, first or second rounders, because they're so talented and it's a throwing league now. And as a former defensive player, people will think I'm, you know, uh, you know, just kind of mad about this. But the rules are set up for the offense. Yeah. So these receivers are really good and then they have the ability to get open and the defense a lot of times has less of a chance to do anything about it. So you you can see bigger plays. Now we're seeing defenses back off a little bit to try and not let the home run hit happen. But then you get a crossing route like you do with Pickens and he has all the work after the catch. So you're still getting a lot of yards after the catch. So the, the, this has been a young receivers league these last few years of these guys coming in and playing really well. Yeah, no, they have. It's been fun to watch, and, and uh, uh, they're just coming in more talented, more talented, more talented. It seems like each and every year at a bunch of different positions. Well, Mike, as we, we wrap this up, and again, the call, you'll be on the call for Westwood One Steelers Raiders this Sunday night at Allegiant Stadium. I have to admit, as a guy that's been listening to you on the radio for years, watching you on TV on the radio for years, and I'm not trying to date you or me, but you're 
back and you're doing shows with uh, with your son. How, how awesome is that? How much fun are you having right now? You know, I, I never thought I would get back into a, a daily live show the, the way we're doing now. Um, I just, just didn't think what happened, certainly in the morning. And, and, and this isn't 6 to 10 anymore. It's 8 to 10 Eastern in the morning. <laughs> um, but knowing it could be with my son, it was very difficult for me to, to say – to turn that down. It was actually our idea. Yeah. You know, we both ended up with DraftKings and had our own shows and then they were going to move to live shows. Uh, we were like, Hey, you know, why don't we just get together and do a morning show, you know, relive the last few years, uh, at ESPN. So I wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't my son, I'm enjoying it. It kind of, you know, even though I'm 60, I'm feeling young at heart still and really enjoy talking and especially flipping on a mic with one of my kids every morning is a pretty cool thing. Yeah, I can only imagine, man. You guys do a fantastic job. It's always great to catch up with Gojo. And of course, it's always great to catch up with you as well. Like I said, been uh, watching and listening to you for years and really appreciate your breakdowns and your analysis and look forward to hearing you on the call Sunday night at, uh, at Legion Stadium for Westwood One. Thanks so much for your time. I definitely appreciate you. You got it. No problem. There he goes, Mike Golick Sr. right there. Again, he'll be on the call representing Westwood One Steelers Raiders Sunday night football primetime action. Many, many thanks to the great Mike Golick Sr. for giving us plenty of time here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Through the question out there, don'tbebroke.com, text line 69187, keyword r and of course, you can hit us up at 702-365-9200. We don't have another guest until 3 o'clock when Mark Burgeon from Believe in the Steelers will join the show to talk all things Pittsburgh Steelers. How long do you believe Tyree Wilson is going to take to make an impact on this Raiders defense. And what do you feel is a reasonable amount of time that the rookie's going to need? Let us know about it. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padilla. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs' six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people, so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at PortaSubs.com. I love it. You know, uh, ever since I got here, the fans have been incredible. And, you know, for me, I feel like no matter what position I'm in, no matter how people try to perceive me, you know, I've had success and things like that. Like, I'm never too big for fans, and um, they're the reason why I'm at where I'm at now. You know, without their support and without their love, you know, I couldn't be in this position. So uh, every time I get a chance to show love to the fan base, I'm, I'm definitely going to do that. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. As heard in the Raiders locker room on Wednesday, Max Crosby talking about his autograph session that he had. And uh, tons of fans were out there ready to get his autograph at Sam's Club, including our guy Juan the Smasher, who later on in the day uh, sent a, a picture, tweeted at us at r 920 am at Ari Produces at your boy Q254, and tweeted a picture of him with Mad Max Crosby. Plenty of people here in the Vegas area were out to see Max. I think that that's really cool. And, again, that sound came from the Raiders locker room on yesterday. Uh, many thanks to Mike Golick Sr., who joined us in the last segment, gave us the opening drive, kicked things off, as he's going to be on the call for representing Westwood One, Sunday Night Football, Steelers, 
and Raiders. I'm looking at the don'tbebroke.com text line, and I have to apologize. Got a text from uh, the 805. Ask Mike if he thinks Notre Dame could beat Ohio State Saturday night. My bad. I, I try to do a good job of checking the, the don'tbebroke.com text line during interviews, but I was pretty excited to have uh, Mike Golick Sr. on there, so I didn't really pay attention to it. That's going to be a good game. I'm sure that uh, Mike feels very good about Notre Dame. As a matter of fact, I believe he was at Notre Dame's practice or was uh, uh, at his practice earlier today, uh, the Notre Dame's practice, checking them out to see what they're all about. Uh, that's going to be a hell of a game, though. Notre Dame, Ohio State, that's going to be a good one. Ole Miss, Alabama is going to be a good one, 15 versus 13. Uh, Colorado and whoever they play is fantastic just because I want to see Colorado. Uh, so there should be a handful of good games in the college ranks. Uh, I don't have a good gauge on Notre Dame, Ohio State, uh, but I'll tell you this. I'm always pulling for uh, head coach Marcus Freeman. Very excited about the opportunity he has there at Notre Dame, and I hope he continues to thrive. And I'm sure that uh, rookie tight end Michael Mayer, representing uh, Notre Dame for the Raiders, is going to be pulling for Notre Dame on Saturday as well. So thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. We threw out there on the don'tbebroke.com text line and the phone line. You can always hit us up at 702-365-9200. That's 702-365-9200 and 69187, keyword R&R. How long do you believe Tyree Wilson is going to take to make an impact on this Raiders defense? What do you feel is a reasonable amount of time that the rookie will need? And, Mike, you heard Mike Golick Sr. talk about, you know, he's the sacks will come, but he's got to get pressures. He's got to play consistently. He's got to be able to, you know, be that bookend across from, from Max Crosby and, and set the edge and know his keys, got to have the hand placement, the foot placement. It was good to hear from Golick Sr. what he was thinking about when it came to Tyree Wilson. But Raider Nation, I want to hear from you. What do you think? You know, what's that reasonable amount of time that you think it's going to take for Tyree, knowing he's coming off the injury, knowing that the Raiders have brought him along slowly, didn't really have any training camp or preseason? You know, what's it going to take? Because I'll tell you right now, the Raiders need him. The plan was to have Chandler Jones across from Max, and that's not helping. So where, what, what is the plan for Tyree Wilson, and how quickly do you think he can get up to speed? Got a text from the 805. Wilson doesn't need to produce sacks right away, but he needs to look a lot better than what he's doing now. Get some pressures and set the edge at least. That's from 805 Raider. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of piggybacking off of what uh, Golick, uh, Golick Sr. had to say uh, about, about Tyree Wilson. And, yeah, I mean, again, you're not always going to get sacks. We know that. You know, there was times that – that Max led the league in pressures, right, and didn't lead the league in sacks, but he led the league in pressures. It's got to be able to be an impactful player, even uh, stopping the run, right? I mean, they're going to need all hands on deck for sure. So uh, really good text. Thanks so much for that. Jim from Yonkers said this Sunday he's a top ten pick. Thank you. Short and sweet right there, Jim from Yonkers. So the, the impact and, and the time that he's going to make that impact needs to be this upcoming Sunday, according to Jim from Yonkers. Sir Whiskey Ray hit us up. Q and Ari. What did, what did it do, gentlemen, on this Thursday afternoon from the Bay? Great topic today, as I'm going to answer this as honest as possible. I'm upset on the lack of production here early on. We all know that our defense is our weakness, and using our seventh overall pick brings more fire to selection of Tyree Wilson. He's a ghost so far, and we can't have that, Q. First-round picks are supposed to be blue-chip players. Well, we haven't seen consistency yet, Q. I want results now. Thanks for letting me vent. I now need to make a visit to the liquor cabinet. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. There you go. Sir Whiskey Ray, this is bad for your health, brother. <laughs> this is bad for your health. But I understand, right? And I know that there's a lot of folks in Raider Nation that wanted the Raiders to select Jalen Carter. And right now, Jalen Carter from the interior is doing really well in Philadelphia. And I, I hate to, you know, even bring up his name, but it's easy when you just look over and you see how well he's doing, knowing that the Raiders have struggled to get an uh, interior rush for a long time. And you see how well he's doing. I don't know how he'd be doing in Vegas. I, I'm not going to lie to you. If he was a Raider, I, I couldn't tell you what he was doing. He's got a lot of teammates that he's very familiar with there in Philly. 
He's got a really, a really good defense there in Philly, so it makes it a little bit easier, right? I mean, that's the one thing that a lot of people forget is many people that have hit me up and said, see, see, this is why I should have drafted Jalen Carter. Look, there's a lot of really good defensive players there in Philadelphia, and that makes your job a lot easier. <laughs> when you have a lot of good talent around you, guess what? You play at a, at a pretty high level as well. So I don't know what he would look like in Vegas. I like the selection of Tyree Wilson. I think he's going to be good, but I feel like it's kind of fast-tracked now for him to be really good. I think they were going to bring him along, and the goal was to bring him along slowly this year. But now with that, without Chandler Jones there, and you have Malcolm Koontz, you know, but he's, he's not doing a whole lot. You know he's not going to be a guy that's going to be out there for the majority of the defensive reps. You've got to get some production, and you've got to get some kind of production from Tyree Wilson, whether it's sacks or pressures or, or, even, or even just you know stops on runs. He's got to do something. Again, Khalil Mack I thought was a hell of a player, even as a rookie, and he only had four sacks. It wasn't anything impressive, but you could see that he had it, right? You could see that, okay, this dude's going to be a pretty good player. Uh, this is from the 707. The pessimistic Raider fan in me, like Wilson, uh, in me likes Wilson. Wait, hold on. Okay, the pessimistic Raider fan in me feels like Wilson isn't going to make an impact this season when needed, but I can only hope it's this Sunday. Got it. Okay, there you go. Had to put that thing together, man. Sometimes, sometimes it'd be hard out here for our brother, right? <laughs> What they say in Hustle and Flow, it's hard out here for a pimp, right? <laughs> so there you go. Uh, yeah, so I got it on that one. Uh, I'll tell you, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know what the impact's going to look like. You know, my expectations going into the season were a lot less than some other people's expectations. But I guess I, what I'm, the, the point is, and I guess the reason why I'm even bringing it up today, is because the, the, the lack of help that is out there right now on the Raiders' defense is going to force him to have to – there, it actually forces the Raiders to have to need him more, right? I mean, he can't – just because the, the pressure's there to get it done doesn't mean he's going to all of a sudden step up and get it done. But the Raiders need him to now. It's, it's different than what it was. At first it was like, okay, he can be part of a three-headed monster. Okay, he can get in there be a part of a nice rotation. Now it's not the, the same. That, that's, that's not available, right? You know that Chandler Jones is not there. You don't expect him to come back anytime soon. So now it's like, all right, rookie, you got – you know, it's a lot on you. So that's – that's why, that's why I even asked the question, just because, again, it just seems like now there's a lot more uh, sense of urgency when it comes to the need of, uh, of Tyree Wilson to step his game up and, and really be able to help Matt Cros Max Crosby. We saw, we saw Buffalo take Max out of the game on Sunday. We know that the league is a copycat league. We know other teams are going to say, okay, that's what they did and nobody else stepped up. Cool, we'll do the same thing. And, and force somebody else to step up. What, what do we always say? Keep doing the same thing until someone beats you? Well, that's what uh, opposing offensive lines are going to do. All right, they're going to keep doing the same thing until someone on that Raiders defense decides to step up and really beat them. So uh, there you go. Uh, this is from the 805, another 805 text. Man, they've been busy from the 805 today. Q, all Tyree needs is one sack, and they'll see the real Tyree. Watch. Go Raiders. So that's a very positive one right there. And look. I think we all saw glimpses, right? We all saw what he did in Dallas, and I know that was just preseason, but you saw the strength, you saw the speed, you saw the, the power. I mean, I think that that was enough to get everybody excited by what you saw in a handful of snaps against, uh, against the Cowboys. But the problem is you got to see it in the regular season, and now these games matter. So you want to see, see him go out there and really help out with Max Crosby, who you know, like Mike Golick Sr. said, Hey, man, he, he's going to go 100 miles an hour all the time. His motor never quits. So you want to see a guy across from him be complimentary just like that. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick at 702-365-9200. Speaking of real quick, let's talk to Quick. Quick, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Cuba, what it do? Chilling, man, chilling. 
Hey, man, check this out. I got a few for you today. All right. Uh, Tyree, it's interesting. The other day when I was talking about Bargain Ben, he was a part of that equation for me. Okay. I felt like I felt like size, speed, strength, great qualities, but we needed impact and disruption. And Jalen Carter was that. That is a fact that no one can deny. So when we went shopping, we went bargain bin all the way on that one. Now, I'm not going to call a kid a bust or no crazy stuff like that. He still has a ton of potential. But when I speak on us being able to move forward, I think of things like the culture that people keep telling me that we don't have built, but, the one, but a culture that, that Josh McDaniels continues to try to build. How long, how soon, and when can we expect that culture to be one where we can select players like Jalen? Because we need players like Jalen. It's not about guys that have size, speed, and strength, Dubois. I'm not letting that happen, and there's no excuse for him uh, having great players around him in Philadelphia. All that's fine and well, but we saw Mac immediate impact, right? We saw him pushing players over. We saw him knocking balls loose. So I, I need impact immediately. So I've got to take you to task a little bit on that one, Q-Ball. I appreciate your call. I'll talk to you soon, man. I appreciate you. Always good to hear from you, my man. Not mad at that. Hey, look, again, that's why I opened up the phone lines. It's, it's Your opinion is what matters, right? I mean, my opinion is going to matter. I'm going to give my opinion. I'm going to say what I say. But I appreciate the feedback. All, uh, it don't, you don't always have to agree with me. Uh, you know, you can always uh, push back a little bit. That's good stuff. And, yeah, the Raiders need impact players. I think Tyree's going to be an impact player. Um, you know, and I do think that the Raiders are trying to change the culture. I do think that they are trying to raise the standard. And, again, I'll say this. I don't know if Jalen Carter would be just as good with the Raiders. Again, he doesn't have those impact players around him. Look at Philadelphia, what they got. You know, and, again, I hate that it's going to always happen, and I brought Jalen Carter up, but it's going to happen all the time that, you know, people say, well, should have got him. Look what he's doing in Philadelphia. It's always easy to look over and see what the next man's got, right? It's always easy to do that. So I understand what you're saying. He is a hell of a player, and, look, he would have been the number one overall pick if he didn't have off-the-field issues. There's no denying that. If he hadn't been involved in what he was involved in, he would have been the number one overall pick, and it wouldn't even have been close. So thanks so much for that call. appreciate you. Uh, let's go out to Henderson. Let's talk to our guy, Raider Ken. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, what's up, Q? How you doing, bro? I'm blessed, man. How are you? Good, good. Hey, I think this Sunday the Raiders, man, they got to attack the offensive line of the Steelers. I mean, they're just coming off the two games against, uh, what, the Niners and the Browns, two mm -hmm. physical defenses. Uh, I think they're coming in wounded, man, coming in tired after a short week, coming into our home opener. Um, got to put pressure on Kenny Pickett. Got to force them out left. Uh, and whoever's opposite Max, Tyree Wilson, Coons, I mean, they got to they gotta step up or it's going to be a long season because they'll just double, triple team Max. Yeah. Uh but I think uh, I think we can get some pressure on their offensive line. And the guy you had, you had on earlier, uh, the offensive coordinator is uh, he's getting some heat over there in Pittsburgh. I, I was reading too. Yeah, yeah, Canada. Uh, he sure is. Yep, not Canada. So I mean, I think it's a short week for them. I mean, we got to come out with some fire, man. This defense needs to step up. Whoever's on the opposite of Max, get. I mean, step up, man. We need a. He's getting triple teams, so. I, I think we win, though. I think if we could do that, we get some pressure, we win. I think 31-10 to 10 on Sunday night, and uh, it's a big win. Uh, yeah, that would be a big win. Raider Cannon Henderson, thanks for the call, my man. 31-10, that's a, hell of a, that's a hell of a win right there, man. Allegiant Stadium would really be rocking and rolling if that was the, the final score right there. And, yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing. You don't want, if you're the Raiders, you don't want to be the get-right game for the Steelers and their struggles offensively, right? They've been struggling offensively. 
but they've played two teams that have really good defense in the Niners and in the Cleveland Browns. You don't want to be that team where all of a sudden Kenny Pickett gets like, I don't know, 300 yards passing, three touchdowns, you know, all that stuff. You, you don't want to be that team. So you got to go out there with your hair on fire and do exactly what the Bills did to you. Took that personal, taking that loss to the Jets, and they went out and put a whooping on the Raiders. Well, the Raiders need to take that personal, that loss they had to the Bills and go out there on Sunday Night Football while everybody's watching primetime action and put a whooping on the Steelers. I'm not saying 31-10, but they need to, you know, go ahead and flex their muscles on them, get, get, the, get after them defensively, and, uh, and, and get the offense clicking. So thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate you. Keep that feedback coming on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r and the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. 247 is the time. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back, close out our number one. Raider Greg, I see you. Raider X, I see you. We'll get to you. Plus the text next on Raider Nation Radio 920. <laughs> This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. Here's your boy Q. Mark Bergen, Believe in the Steelers podcast, will join us to talk all things Steelers coming up about 3 o'clock here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. We also have the Thursday injury report. We'll go over that before we get to Mark, but right now it's got some patient Raider Nations listening Waiting on hold on phone line. We want to get to you at 702-365-9200. Let's start out in Sacramento, California. Raider Greg, welcome to the show. Hey, Q. How you doing, my brother? I'm blessed, man. I'm blessed. How are you? I'm good. I just wanted to, first and foremost, I wanted to send my love to you. I heard the other day when you were talking about your son that uh, passed. I actually had a daughter that passed as well. So I just want to send you my love to you and your wife, brother. I wasn't able to get in then, but... I know the feeling, so I just want to send you my love, brother, and tell you you're a great man. I appreciate you, brother. But um, get that out the way. I wanted to say uh, I'm feeling good about this week. You know, it's Sunday night. Um, It's it's home field. We got a lot to prove. Um, I like what I – you know, Tyree, he he, he didn't play in training camp, man. So I think, Mm -hmm. you know, I know Raiders. I mean, it's it's, you feel the plight because you know that we've been struggling for so long. It feels like 20 years, you know, that we've been going up and down on this roller coaster. But – you know, the team is getting built the right way now. We got to just be patient. The guy didn't play in training camp. He's got all the skills, you know, the strength, the speed, the length. You know what I mean? We got to we gotta wait. You know, this, this Chandler situation that happened, it kind of threw us for a loop, right, because he was supposed to start. We weren't expecting Tyree to start right away. So when things happen, you have to pivot, right? So I think it's just, you know, we got to calm down. I think we're going to come out. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be 27-20 us at home, um, but I, I think the defense is really going to show itself. And, and I had a question, too, uh, to you, uh, Q. Yep. You know, one thing I've been wondering is, you know, I've been seeing uh, – I'm surprised nobody has looked at Adamica Sue because I see him all the time. He's at the house, and, you know, I, I follow him on, on the X, and I haven't seen nobody picking him up. He seems like he would be a good pickup for the middle. You know, I'm just looking at players that we can actually get. You know, I'm not worried about Jalen Carter. I think he went to the right system. He yeah. basically went to Georgia in the NFL, right? So <laughs> right. it's like that's yeah. why they, they did, it was easy for them to take a chance with that because he had people who he looked up to and people yep. he played with on his team, so it makes sense. But I was just wondering why nobody had got to Dominic Sui. Uh, and, you know, I think that would be a good plug-and-play for us just on a one-year deal. Thank you, Q, for taking my call, brother. Hey man, thanks for the uh, the call. Thanks for the uh, the the love, and also uh, you know the love right back to you and your family as well. As you know uh, how it is to lose a loved one, and, and especially a youngster as well. So yeah, many many thanks to to you for those words. And look, I'll, I'll say this: I, I don't know what Sue's plans are. 
I haven't heard that he even wants to play, right? Last year we heard about him wanting to be a part of the Raiders, and, and it never happened. He ended up in Philadelphia, and it looked like it was going to work out really well for him. But uh, I, I haven't heard anything. I haven't heard any rumblings of him actually wanting to be, uh, you know, on an NFL roster these days. He, he very well could be. I wonder what kind of shape he's in, and I'm just interested to see if Dave Ziegler and company would kick the tires on him. Thanks so much for that. Uh, Raider X, Raider Johnny, we got you on the other side. And then we got Mark Bergen, Believe in the Steelers, to talk all things Pittsburgh Steelers. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.